Well, it seems to me like Christmas is all about waiting, isn't it? You know, remember when you were a kid, what waiting at Christmas time was like? You sort of go through phases when you're really little, you know, and you ask when Christmas is coming, and your mom says it's going to be two weeks, and you have no idea what two weeks is. That could mean tomorrow or next year. And then you get to the age where you sort of understand time, and you ask when's Christmas coming, and your mom says it's going to be two weeks, and two weeks you understand, and it's forever. And then you get a, a, another stage where you ask, when's Christmas coming? And your mom says, it's coming in two weeks. And you know that two weeks out, your parents have already bought your presents and hidden them in the top shelf of their closet in the bedroom. And you begin looking, and you've got two weeks to try to figure out a way to get up and check and check and see what you're getting. I've been impressed with the fact that uh, there's a lot of waiting involved in the Christmas story. We sort of, as a culture, I think, kind of entered into a new waiting period, too. Uh, I bet a lot of you are ordering gifts for Christmas, right? Ordering online. I used to do that out of the Sears Robot catalog, of course. But now you go online and you order. And, it's, you know, they tell you the gift is going to be there in seven to ten days or whatever it is they say. And, well, plenty of time. It's two weeks till Christmas. Ten days comes and goes, 11, 12, you know. And you start to get really anxious that the gift that you want to give to your wife, you know, isn't going to be there in time for Christmas. I mean, how many of you guys have ever had to say to your wife on Christmas morning, Honey, I ordered you a gift and it just didn't come. And for how many of you was that actually true? Yeah. The world had been waiting a long time uh, for the Messiah to come. And I would guess that a lot of the Jews, you know, in the first century, had had really given up on the Messiah coming. It was a nice promise that God had made, but it hadn't happened, and who knew if it was ever going to happen at all. But I believe that God's timing is so perfect that the time that Jesus came was exactly the right time. I printed some, I had printed some uh, scripture verses in your bulletin today. And the first one is from Galatians 4.4, where Paul is talking about the incarnation, about, about the Son of God becoming a human being. And he says, but when the time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. When the time had fully come, when the perfect time arrived, that's when God did the perfect thing, gave the perfect gift, right? If you've taken the New Testament Bethel series, you know that Sally has a whole section in there about what made that the perfect time, the fullness of time. Things like the... The suddenly the world having roads, Roman roads had been built so that they could move their armies from place to place. It made transportation so easy. There was one sort of universal language. Greek had become the language of the whole Western world at that point. It was a time of peace that the world had not experienced very often before that or very often since. And in God's sight, as God looked at this gift that he was going to give to humanity, God knew that that was the perfect time. In the fullness of time, God sent his son. So for me, at least, I think that's one of the things that I need to remember when I have trouble trusting God's timing. Because I think for a lot of us, one of the hardest things about our relationship with God is not understanding or figuring out God's timing. We pray for something, we ask for something, we ask for God to open a door, and when it doesn't happen... We assume that God has forgotten about it or God isn't powerful enough to do it or something else is going on. It makes it hard for us to trust God. 
So in just a couple of minutes, I want us just to focus a little bit upon who God is in a way that maybe will help us to understand how God's timing is always perfect. I mean, think about the fact that God is eternal. God has no beginning and no end. And so it seems in the Bible almost as if God exists in a, in a realm, in a dimension where time is different than it is for us. Again, you'll find the verse in, in your bulletin from Psalm 90, verse 4. It says, For a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. A thousand years like that to God. You know, one of the things that we have just found out, discovered in the last hundred years is that time isn't static, it isn't fixed, time is relative, the time changes, and it's based on velocity, and if you're going faster and as you approach the speed of light, the time slows down, and in fact it does that in our lives as well, although the amount is so small for us, you know, we don't notice it, but we know that that's true, we've done experiments that prove it, in fact, the theory is that if you'd get someplace like pulled into the center of a black hole, the time would actually stop. Now, I don't understand how all that works, but one of the things that does for me is to help me understand, maybe, maybe that's a part of what it's like to be God, to exist in a, in a way that time is different than time is for us. And so maybe that's part of what God has in mind when he says things like, you know, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. So this eternal God is always in control of time. Maybe for God, the past, the present, the future are all right there for him. God is an amazingly creative, enormous, powerful God who is able to use all of his creation that he made, that he controls, that he uses to accomplish his will. Everything that exists, God has available to use to accomplish his will. Isaiah chapter 40, the rest of the verses that I have printed in the bulletin, describe this God in this huge, powerful way. Let's just look at them together. It says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who's held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him, and who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like, like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? Who he who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can famine. I mean, do I really think when I'm asking God for something that I need to tell him when it should happen? that I can't trust this God that we just read about to do things in the perfect time. I was thinking about that in terms of, of Christmas and the birth of Jesus. 
Just think about all that God had put into place so that this would become the exact perfect moment in which the Son of God would enter into the world as the baby Jesus. I mean, years before that, he had created a man named Caesar Augustus, whom God orchestrated to become the Roman emperor, who God put into his mind to call for a census, which would force this peasant couple who lived in Nowheresville, Nazareth in Galilee, to have to go to Bethlehem, where God 700 years beforehand had said the baby would be born. And you think you can't trust God's timing? In fact, I was thinking about the Bethlehem star, the Christmas star. I don't know what that was. I don't know exactly how God did it. But here's a possibility. One possibility might be that that star was a supernova. You know what a supernova is? It's when a star, you know, is burning for a long time. It kind of uses up all its fuel and it sort of sinks in on itself, crushes itself, and it becomes so dense that it just explodes in this huge blast of power and energy and light. It becomes for a very little time brighter than all of the other stars in its galaxy put together. It's a 10 million times as bright as our sun. And these don't happen very, very often. But what if God decided he was going to have a supernova light up the sky when Jesus was born and lead the, the wise men to come to Bethlehem to worship the newborn king? How would God have put that into place? Well, it would mean that millions and millions, maybe billions of years ago, maybe before God had created the earth or created Adam and Eve, that God put into place that one star out there, you know, thousands of light years away from us. God caused it to burn for the length, the life of that star, maybe, you know, 10 million years, maybe a billion years, I don't know. And then to explode, and then the light from that supernova to travel through space all that distance, traveling at 5.9 trillion miles in a year, and coming to us year after year after year, millennium after millennium, thousands and thousands of years, so that it would explode on the night sky just at that moment when Mary gave birth to the Son of God. God began that process of heralding the birth of Jesus, maybe millions of years before he was born. And his timing is so perfect that that light reached us just at the right moment. And you think you can't trust God's timing? You can. And I believe that one of the gifts that God wants to give to us this Christmas is the gift of his perfect timing. So, when you're struggling to believe when you're struggling to hang on, when it seems like you've been praying for God for a job for so long and it hasn't happened, when you've been praying for a a friend who's suffering and they continue to suffer, when it feels to you like God has forgotten or he can't help or something else has gone wrong, I want you to remember this gift of God's perfect timing that God is able to take all that is created and made and controls and use it to bring to bear upon your very situation. Because when did God become aware of your need, of your prayer request? When you prayed that prayer? No. Psalm 139 says, Before word is on my tongue, you know it completely. Before you were born? Yes. 
That same song says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You feel like you're saying to God, i got to bring to you something that you're probably not aware of. I have this need. Before you say the words, God knows. Before you were born, God knew. And God had already begun to work and to put into place what would need to happen so that God could answer your prayer and meet your need at the perfect time. This is God's gift to us, His perfect timing. Let's pray. Um, waiting is hard for us, Lord. And, and waiting for you is often something that um, really challenges our faith and even leads us to doubt or even to be angry at you when it seems like you're not answering our prayers. Uh, help us to understand you well enough to know that you are not only a God who is so powerful that you can do anything you choose to do, but you are a God who is so loving that you always choose to do what is best for your children. My prayer would be that as we even think about the story of the birth of Jesus this Christmas, that we'd be reminded when we hear about that census that all the world should be enrolled, when we read about that star that led the wise men, that we would remember your perfect timing and that it would be an encouragement and help to us. We pray this um, because we need that, and we pray it so that the baby Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, might be glorified in us. Amen.